nothing, you lose. I've never been so high in my life. The category is Butch Queen, Butch Queen, Butch Queen, first time in drags at a ball. What is good, good people? Welcome to Who Shot Ya? I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. Joining me in studio are film reviews editor at The Rop, Alonzo Duralde. My man, Alonzo, how are you, sir? Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Now, this is when I normally introduce April Wolf, but she will not be joining us today. She's off seeing movies at Fantastic Fest in Austin. But fret not, son, because guess who's back up in the building? Indie producer, whoa. LA Film Festival programmer, whoa. Drea Clark. Goodbye and thanks for all the fish. (laughs) 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 Are we not? Are we doing that? This is something. (laughs) This is the All Hitchhikers podcast. (laughs) Oh, now I know what you're saying, Ricky. We can't handle one more guest, but I got one more though. I got one more though. We have comedian. What? Filmmaker, mm, BBC radio podcaster from across the pond and around the way, Max Fun favorite, the one and only Josie Long. Am, am I missing anything? <laughs> Mother of Dragons, she who shall not be named. That feels very fair. <laughs> All I've got, um, Hitchhiker's Wise, is. Don't panic, guys. Don't panic. That's nice. what I've got. But then I was like, "That's so basic. <laughs> it's all you need. It's not good enough." I'm, Forty-two. <laughs> I'm very excited to be here. It's very good to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. I like to start off the show, Josie, by asking everyone what's good. So, if you could please tell us in your life what is good, girl. Well, see. I worry that this is something I've cottoned on to about four years too late, but I just read the Elena Ferranti novels about female friendship. Oh my God, guys, they're absolutely incredible. And, <laughs> and this is the thing, like four years ago, everyone was having book groups about them and all there was newspaper articles about them. And I was really like, I'm too cool for this popular <laughs> thing. And now I feel a fool because I'm like alone, stranded years later, like, oh, the best thing I've ever read. I'll book club the crap out of that with you. Yeah, absolutely. Are you reading like old websites about it? <laughs> I was going to say, and then you can like deep dive into the mystery of who she is. And, yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much. Drea, what's up with you, girl? What's good? Well, I'm glad you asked, Ricky. Well, it feels good to ask. Um, Thank you. What's good with me is actually a counterpoint to the film that we'll be discussing. Oh, okay. Um, And it is a TV show called London Spy. And I love it so much and was reminded of it because one of the very attractive actors from it Mm. is in The Kingsman. Okay. um, Looking buffer but less attractive, Edward Mm. Walcott. But London Spy is great. It's Ben Wishaw. It's so good. And I think it's all on Netflix. I haven't yet seen it, but I love Ben Wishaw so much. Oh, my. I was about to say, finally, I, finally I can jump in. Shout out to my boy Ben Wishaw. Ben Wishaw of the magical hair. It's so good. It's like starts out as the most dreamy romance between Ben Wishaw and Edward Walcott. And then it turns into like a deep like espionage and secrecy and it's very it's beautiful I, I love it. gay spies oh, Cambridge gay spies, spies was good for that too yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't go wrong with the gay spy don't fuck with the gay spy yeah. <laughs> well let's go to my man on the right here loves his gay spies Alonso what is good with you sir uh, I had another great Josie thing happen to me this week I went to the Josie and the Pussycats record release party last night at the mm. Ace Hotel mm. the 2001 comedy Josie and the Pussycats has finally found its audience of people <laughs> who get the joke unlike most of the critics when it came out uh, and last night was the first time that Kay Hanley and the original musicians from the soundtrack performed those songs in front of an audience and it was everybody was losing their shit audience performers. We were all weeping and screaming and loving it. And I've been a fan of that movie since it came out. So it was just so exciting to be in a room full of the like-minded and just taking a deep dive into this great like pop artifact from the turn of the 2000s. It's awesome. That's what's up. Oh, thank you for asking. Oh, I guess yeah, this Ricky. Is the Ricky. Yeah. Hi, Ricky. What's good? What's good, Ricky? Oh, damn, my man. Thank you for asking. <laughs> well, I was driving on my way into uh, the, the, the office slash studio today, and then I get a text from a friend of mine 
who just sends me a link, and I click on that link, and it tells me that the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs are coming to the Fonda Theater to celebrate the re-release of uh, Fever to Tell. So what's good with me is I am saving up all my pennies, <laughs> and when that concert goes on sale this Friday, I may be calling in sick to work that day to go buy tickets to the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs Fever to Tell re-release concert. I have been waiting for a minute for my girl Karen O to come back, and she back, y'all. Uh, on this week's episode, we will be talking about the Kingsman, the Gold Circle. We'll be talking to the ringer Shea Serrano about butt-kicking action flicks. Plus, who are the most Britishy Brit movie characters of all time? And as always, staff picks, yo. But before all that, it's time for our news roundup game called It a Dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should say that name one more time. You're right, Drea. I should. It's my favorite. <laughs> I can tell by the look in your eyes. <laughs> it's an acronym, y'all. <laughs> Thank you, because after I said it's my favorite, I really needed someone to clarify that. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to respond to that. My, that's on right me. Way. Not going to fight you on it. <laughs> Here's how It a Dick works. I will read a news blurb or a headline. My lovely co-panelists here will chime in with their takes by answering these two very simple questions. Is this important? Do I care? All right. Uh, so first off, uh, I want to get this off. I want to start off uh, with uh, just a real talk right away. Coño, the past couple of weeks have been brutal for mi gente, pero malísimo. First, the earthquake in Mexico a uh, 7.1 earthquake hits Mexico. Then Puerto Rico, Boricua, Hurricane Maria hits, leaves it jodido y medio. There's a silver lining to all this. Since then, uh, my famous beautiful brown people are starting to step up. At a press conference this past Sunday, Jennifer Lopez joined the governor of New York for this announcement. We have two team planes film filled with supplies and generators awaiting to... Uh, awaiting air clearance to depart, land, and unload these much-needed supplies in San Juan. And I will be donating $1 million from the proceeds of my Las Vegas show to the designated beneficiaries, charitable, and NGO organizations. J-Lo is not the only one also helping in Mexico's relief efforts. Salma Hayek, Gael García Bernal, Diego Luna... Uh, helping out in Puerto Rico with her troubles, Mr. 305, Pitbull, that's what's up. Uh, so uh, the question I have, celebrities stepping up, is this important and do you care? Yes, I do care. I know that there's something that always is a little squeezy about celebrities and money and there's, you know, there's this sort self-serving thing that you can worry about. But the reality is there's so much need and the Everything that I see is inundated with other garbage, and I'd rather see celebrities being like, oh, hey, I'm going to use my platform for this very specific thing, especially the people who have – not especially. I guess the people who have ties to it, it makes sense, but I mm -hmm. find it even more gratifying when I see other people like Sandra Bullock regularly gives a million dollars to like – Whatever. Not to, like, yes. one-up people on no, the money. No, 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 it's not that. But it is a thing where I'm I'm like, yes, if, if I'm going to be hearing you talk and you're going to be, you know, getting in my face, and tell, then please, yes, make it for something, like, yeah, worthwhile. This is one of sort of the good aspects of celebrity and celebrity culture. It's sort of like it was the Audrey Hepburn thing of, like, oh, the press is going to follow me? Then follow me to Sudan where I'm going with UNICEF to, like, feed starving children. And so, yeah, I think for these people who have the microphone, who have the spotlight on on them to say, hey, this is important and, you know, make donations to these organizations. I think that's great, especially given that uh, we don't really have a government in place right now that is uh, compassionate about this sort of thing. No. Compassionate or organized. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the, the individual details beyond just the money, like Pitbull sent his own plane to get cancer patients out of Puerto Rico, right? Yep. Like, I mean, it's those are the kind of things it's not just like. I'm fine with people throwing money at problems if it's actually going to help, but there's there's legitimate humanitarianism behind yeah. it too, yep. which is nice. Absolutely. Uh, also, Mark Cuban from uh, the Dallas Mavericks. There's a couple Latino players on his team, and uh, they got together. They sent a plane uh, to just help people out. To me, it's just like a no-brainer. Help people out immediately. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's it is quite empowering as well to see people being able to like 
make a decision like that that's practical because it does make you think, well, I can do something on the scale that I can try. Mm. And also, like, I'm kind of glad when very rich people give a million dollars to something because I'm like, good, that is a scaled-up version of a normal person giving a normal amount of money and you should give that much money and I'm glad that you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. Also... Like, I'm very pleased to see that, like, uh, Jennifer Lopez and her ex-husband, Mark Anthony, were reunited for the forces of good. (laughs) It's beautiful. Some things are bigger than their small problems. All right, moving on. Filmmaker Shiraz Higgins made his fellow Canadians upset when he announced ticket prices for the premiere of his documentary, Building the Room. Now, if he wanted to go to the premiere, he was going to charge, here's the rules he set out. Straight white guys, $20. Women, $10. And POCs who showed up before 11 o'clock get in free. Hey, girl. (laughs) No, that last part is a joke. There was a backlash, so he lowered prices to $15 for white guys, $10 for women, and POCs with a poster got two free drinks. Okay. (laughs) That's bullshit as well. But he referred to, here's what he said. He referred to the payment as justice pricing. Is this important? Do you care? I, I think I would care more if I knew that he was paying people equivalently on this movie, you know? Like, I, this is sort of like, for me, the Oscar's so white thing was, yeah, I get it, but that's the wrong end of the assembly line. Like, the agitation needs to be happening in the front office and in the studios and making sure that more... Funding d- so white? Fun, exactly, yeah. yes. Hey. Producing so white, you know. Uh, uh, that, that you know, you get more different kinds of films made and then more of those films wind up being in the in the awards race. Uh, I get the joke here and I, I get what he's trying to call attention to, but I'm more about, like... Let's pay everybody the same rather than, like, do these wacky price differences to sort of point out the differences of, you know, who's who's earning and who's not. Sure, but it, it, needn't, it needn't be an either or. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's fun that he's doing this, and I totally agree he also should have done that. Like, I don't <laughs> think it, 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 like, it, it should have been that over this. Like, I think the funny thing about this is if people are talking about it and people are provoked by it, and lots more people will be talking about it. I totally get what you're saying. I'm a woman comedian, and I, I feel it, and I live it. And so I think that's why I'm like, fuck it, charge them. Any chance you got, <laughs> any chance you got, hike the prices up. And also, I am aware that this is going on the internet and my official opinion for the internet is no that's racist against white men <laughs> I don't want to get trolled anymore so I would say you know it's very very but my real opinion is ha 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 I would say the people who are really upset about this should question why they're upset exactly because you know as ham fisted as this is he's not totally lacking a point either <laughs> alright uh Big news coming out of the land of the Navi, son. Shout out to all my Navi listeners out there. On Monday, production began on the Avatar sequels. That's right. Sequels. Plural, y'all. Director James Cameron will be shooting Avatars 2, 3, 4, and 5. Uh, the combined budget for all sequels will be $1 billion. Is this important? Do you care? Uh, I need a billion dollars also, anybody who's listening. I, I would like to put forward my opinion, which is that I, wish I, you would. I do not care, and it is of no importance to me in my life. <laughs> and I know that that's probably not a popular opinion, but I just feel a bit like... I think the room is, is with you. Yes, right? that, is, yeah. that is 100% popular. This is popular. a safe space. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a tree of I mean, I enjoyed comfort. Avatar when it came out. And yes. I, I saw it once. I, I thought it was immersive and beautifully done, and, and I loved looking at it, and I thought it was it was terrific. But, you know, a few years ago, or was I guess it was last year, it was the fifth anniversary of Avatar, and people, there were all these articles about how this is the highest grossing film of all time, and no one talks about it. No one quotes it. No one references it. I mean, like, you know, Titanic was a huge hit, but we still say, like, you know, uh, King of the World and Draw Me Like Your French Girls and, like, people (laughs) make references to that movie. Nobody talks about Avatar because there's no story or characters of any interest to it. And so the thought that we've all been dying for not one sequel but four. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, James Cameron has shown a great ability to make movies that sound terrible and then you see them and you're like oh my god that's amazing so I'm perfectly prepared that I will see avatars two through four and like have my mind blown but from this vantage point it's like I don't who cares 
Last week, Arnold Schwarzenegger was in England for a black tie speaking engagement. I am here to engage you with my speaking. <laughs> But before any of that, he wanted to get a workout in. Here's what my sources are telling me、uh, He showed up to the gym. The gym was cleared out just for him and staff. All of this was set up by a quote unquote friend of a friend. And then, according to the gym owner, as Swar-、uh, the gym owner's name was Ricky Moore. Shout out to all you Rickies out there. <laughs> as Schwarzenegger was leaving, he said, Thank you, Ricky. I'll be back. Then he left, became a kindergarten teacher, stopped Judgment Day, and found out he had a twin. Wow. <laughs> And he got pregnant. Let's not forget that one. <laughs> yes. He hooked up with Emma Thompson,、mm-hmm. I think it is, and got pregnant.、Yeah. That is not where I thought that story was going. <laughs>、yeah. Is that important, and do you all care? I mean, it's not important, but I'm proud of Leeds. I was going to say, the fact that it's Leeds is the funniest part of that. <laughs> but also, I, sort of, I do feel for、like、Arnold Schwarzenegger a bit because、like、he has to say, I'll be back.、Oh, Wherever、yeah. he goes, whatever、yes. he does,、yes. I'll be back. Like, Legally. He must just be. And like my friend, in fact, saw him. He was at a screening of something and he basically did all of them. He was like, get into the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> like, he just did all the big ones. I, like, and everyone lost their fucking minds. But like, he must have one day where he's like, I don't want to say it today. The fucking catchphrase. If,、yeah. I, if I were to ever meet Arnold Schwarzenegger, And he were to just pull out a tape recorder and hit play, and I'll be back played and get to the chopper <laughs> and like whatever, like four other lines. I would think it's the greatest day of my life. It's, it's not, it's not a puma. I would be like, this is the greatest the day of my life. The weird thing was when he started saying pump you up all the time. It's like, that's not even your line. That's an SNL thing where they're making fun of you. Yeah, that's blasphemous. That is unacceptable. But here's the thing, though. His, you know, his syntax is so mangled when he isn't doing his own quotes. Like, when he was actually governor of California, so many of his interviews would be like, and we're going to work on、uh, infrastructure and things of this nature. <laughs> Just all these, these lines of like, the That are so like English as a fourth language. It, it, remind, it was like the English equivalent of my terrible Spanish, you know, where you like, take 20 words to, advocate, to, to get half an idea out, you know? <laughs>、uh, that's it for news, y'all. When we come back, we will be talking about Kingsman the Golden Circle. We'll be right back, y'all. Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Adam. And we host The Greatest Generation. And、uh, we're here to announce a new show. The Greatest Discovery is Maximum Fun's new podcast about the new Star Trek series, Star Trek Discovery. We're going to be recapping every single episode. It's going to be a limited run podcast, and we hope you'll join us. It's a show that we're really excited to watch, and we're really excited to talk about it and provide our signature and fart joke coverage of a new entry in the Star Trek franchise. So, if you like irreverent adult humor, irreverent again, <laughs> and Star Trek, we really hope you'll join us on Tuesdays on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts to The Greatest Discovery. Oh, they made us edit dick out of the last promo that we submitted. So, you should keep that part in the promo. <laughs> Welcome back to Who Shot You? I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. Joining me today are Drea Clark, JC Lung, Alonzo Duraldi. And that's what's up. Today we're going to take a look at the movie Kingsman The Golden Circle. Y'all ain't never heard of knocking for you in. Well, I, actually, we had an invitation, didn't we? Yeah, how did you know? Yeah, yeah, it came in the shape of a bottle. We're from the Kingsman Tailor's Shop in London. Maybe you've heard of us. Josie, as our we voted before you got here, you are now our resident Brit. Josie, as our resident Brit, if you could tell us what this sequel's about, and if you want to use a southern accent, no pressure, go right on ahead. You guys are very lucky because I am southern, southern, <laughs> southern English. Yes. Yes. The beautiful South. Yes. <laughs>、um, does that make you a Geordie, or is that something else? No, that's no. Okay, that's, sorry, that's sorry. That's new cat. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Disrespectful. <laughs> I take it all back. Speaking of disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, basically, it's a film about Britain and America written by people who I think have never visited either country. <laughs>、um, so, basically, sorry, there's a, a spy agency in Britain 
uh, spoiler alert, at the very start, that's all fucked right up. So then they have to go to their <laughs> friends in America who don't even realise they're their friends, but eventually they're their friends. Then there's a drug dealer, and you know she's a drug dealer because she refers to herself as, I sell drugs, which, like, if you're a drug dealer, you're not going to say, what do you sell? Drugs? Which drugs? All five of them. It's like, it's ridiculous There's bullshit. Five. And also loads of it is about weed, and you're like, well, weed is legal in half of America. Like, what is this? Right, so then just put a pin in that. Then there's loads of absolute dog shit in it. There's like a bit, there's a subplot about um, this thing that the drug dealer's trying to poison everyone. And bizarrely, the uh, um, uh, president has already got tiny person style stacking cages at the ready, which is like a conspiracy theory and a half ready to go. There are two good bits in it. Number one, Elton John is in it. Number two, there's a bit where it flashes up over and over again, president impeached. And at that point, me and my friends were like, yes! Apart from that, this film is horrendously upsetting and all of the people in it that I like are too good for it and I hope that at the end of every date they met each other and got drunk together and said, why are we doing this shit? <laughs> Josie, just joke, just giving it to you all right up the top. Fuck this, this movie. This makes me want to go so hard as like a fan of this movie. <laughs> I wish you would. I can't because I've seen the movie. But <laughs> I kind of wish for the, you know, the spark of things. It is awesome that you brought up those stacking crates the president had because A, I had the same like logistics thought I'm like where did they get those and the cranes that fit them perfectly and, and where then, are they pooping that's all I think yes. so yes. Yes. Exactly down. Yes. I was like when they it's when the they down, when they woke up I was like they're all covered in shit and piss right because I love so much that you thought the same thing <laughs> yeah, I feel really is, good this is such a garbage movie and uh, it, it, I went with my friend Robert Abley who reviewed it for me at the rap and at one point when there's just more and more famous people showing up in this movie with nothing to do, he was like, oh my god, this is like the Cannonball Run 2. Ah. Where they're just... I mean, like, you've got uh, uh, Channing Tatum, who they get out of the movie as quickly as they possibly can. Halle Berry, who is in the background constantly. Shout out to Tyler Boudreaux, who asked us on Twitter if she's underutilized. Crazily underutilized. Um, It's like Um, they justify it at the end by going, she goes, I think I deserve a better part. And they all go, yes, you did. (laughs) I know. It's sort of like like when you see Julie Walters for two seconds in the first Harry Potter movie, and you're like, oh, you'll be back. But, you know, (laughs) this you're like, oh, God, please run. Run, Halle Berry. Make Kidnap two. Do not do this again. <laughs> Fuck this series. I what? hate. I hated the first one. I hate the the big church scene that we're talking about right. on this episode. I hate everything about that movie, and I hate everything about this one. Uh, in this, the first movie, it's supposed to be hilarious that a woman offers her ass up for sex to the Ugh. hero to rescue her. In this movie, we're supposed to find it hilarious oh. that a spy inserts a tracking device into a woman's <gasps> vagina. Oh, so the Sorry. thing with no, no, no. I was yeah. going to say it because I actually really. No, not really. I liked the first one. I had fun watching it. And one of the reasons was that the the big sort of moral jump in it was the random butt sex offer. And for me, I was like, I don't even know how to argue that because it's so twisty since she's offered it. And it's not. And it was just no. two. And I was like, OK. But and the rest of the ridiculousness in that I was like sure Samuel Jackson's playing Russell Simmons like I'm all <laughs> for it there were other things I was like yep fine good loved it also I do want it clear I would like to French 90% of the cast like just <laughs> sexy viciously make out sexy. with like Absolutely. aggressively tongue like Mark Strong just call me whenever you want <laughs> <laughs> he's very dignified in it you oh. know and I appreciate you know I, I appreciate that you know it's Mark Strong and the guy who's supposed to be like a London lad and they get the better of the people who are very entitled and privileged right. and stuff but I feel like this film fits a genre that I would also put Ted in where I feel like they focus group the shit out of it somehow about women and about misogyny so they've basically done it in this way so they're like ah he can't touch us ah and it's like <laughs> what they did with the anal sex thing in the last one and what they do in this one where they're like but he loves his girlfriend. He has his girlfriend and is. the girl like, that he has to finger again instigates. She's like, oh, yeah, let's make out, please. Yeah. And she, like, begs him. But she she consents her. to the fingering, but she doesn't consent to the GPS. Right. <laughs> That's my problem. But it's you a know, very modern issue. Like, this, these movies are designed for, like, 14-year-old boys right. to be like, yeah, <laughs> I came in my pants. But in some ways, I suppose it's quite, like... There is some progress there insofar as they know they can't get away with things unless they sort of pass a 
a certain sheen a, of credibility. Yeah, but there's a there's but, a weird there's a queasily right wing thing about yeah. these movies. The first movie is about someone trying to fix global warming by committing mass murder. This one is about a woman trying to end the drug war by committing mass murder. And it's like, ha ha, Mark Miller and you know Matthew Vaughn and company. We get it. You're putting these like lofty lefty goals in the hands of supervillains who are doing terrible things to get there. And fuck you. And Fox News is the one outlet we see throughout this entire movie, which granted it's a Fox film, but like the idea that Fox News would cover a national tragedy that had to do with illicit drugs and yeah. not be like licking their chops over yeah. it yeah. is the, hilarious. They, the, the, yeah. fo- the Fox News cutaway news segments were all very bizarre to me. I was like, why the fuck do you do you think Fox News would be at the head of this story? My thing with this movie that stood out so much that I walked away from it. And you said it perfectly, the idea of it sounded like it was made by, you know, set in England and America by people who had been to neither England nor America. (laughs) And I was like, oh, well, they've I'm like, does everyone watching this understand that the Americans are the worst? Like, and also just even that um, the planting, the whole fingering scene. I was like, is this some commentary? Like in the first one, they bug someone by getting them to drink something, but like Americans can only do it in a terrible, vulgar way. That there's just all of these things. Every American, like I find, you know, I don't want a French cowboys because it's not a like, look that works for me. But I'm like, really, like our American archetypes are cow. Who? How? How, how many yeah. cowboys do you know? Like, there were just these things, then they're yeah. like good old boys, like, well, down yeah. here, we don't. Yeah. Well, and he literally said, that dog don't hunt. I'm like, no, <laughs> no one says that. Didn't There's you say, no. I thought you said that earlier when I saw you. I say it. And it's, and it's one of those movies where, like, they just have the, you know, it's like there's a just a big blob on the map that's the South. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's like Kentucky equals Texas equals Alabama equals Florida. We don't know. We don't care. Yeah. They're all wearing Canadian. Canadian tuxedos yeah. and Y'all. you know and knocking back the Browns. Uh, well, uh, let's go around the room and see what everybody thought of this movie. Josie, uh, should we screen it? Should we stream it? Or should we skip the I'm, Kingsman, the Golden Circle? I would like this film to be deleted because <laughs> I think in the future people will be misinterpreting what we were if they use it as evidence. <laughs> they'll think that we didn't realize. Alien civilization. Yes, they'll be like, oh, this is what English and American people were like. And it is not correct. It is simply not correct. And so I'd like it to be erased. I think you shouldn't see it. But, you know, I am aware, you know, that the internet is the opposite of me. So if you're, you know, if you like everything I don't like, you You'd love it. Have a great time. <laughs> I'd like it to be noted that this was our first ever delete it. <laughs> <laughs> delete it. Neither of the three just delete it, yo. Uh, Alonzo. Oh, skip it. Uh, but uh, like you, Josie, uh, there are people out there who uh, have the opposite taste as me. And this movie was a big hit over the weekend. So what do I know? But yeah, fuck this movie. Skip it. It's terrible. <laughs> Trea? Yeah, I would also say skip it, even though in, in, in the interest of all of the, like, every person in it is someone you recognize, his friend that's like, gets the blue rash or whatever is the kid from This Is England. So, like, Thomas Thaddeus. <laughs> oh, that's his name. Okay. Because that's nothing but praise and joy right. in this life. I, I recognized him. And then the woman who plays the Swedish queen is one of the female leads of the Swedish uh, dragon tattoo. And so part of me is like, well, I'd like them to get some residuals. So... <laughs> You know, I don't want to, like, hate on that. But if they're already paid up, definitely skip it. I mean, there's much more. Go see Atomic Blonde. Like, there's better fight stuff. There's more fun movies. Where That's what's up. Uh, yeah, I would say I would say skip it, unfortunately. It was I was frustrated because there were moments where it would kind of get me back into it. And I'd be like, all right, cool. I'm on board. And then it would just head in the wrong direction or I would get bored of the Elton John stuff. 
I mean, wouldn't it be funny if Elton John broke down his songs in a movie? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great if he deconstructed his songs? I think that the writers were on all five drugs that exist. (laughs) I I also think Elton John is a very good metaphor for this film because Elton John is being held against his will and forced to perform (laughs) in in a manner that he's not entirely comfortable with. Yes. And there's a bit, you know, where He's speaking for the rest of the cast. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Josie. That having been said, I would love to play any part that they've got for me in any of the future Kingsmen. <laughs> I can play Urchin or I can play Urchin trying to sound posher. <laughs> that about does it for the Kingsmen, the Golden Circle. When we come back, hey, we're going to talk to From the Ringer. Shay Serrano will be here to talk about his favorite action scenes. We will discuss our favorite Britishy movie characters and to wrap up the show we will all be going through our staff picks we'll be right back with Who Shot Ya? Hey, this is Griffin McElroy. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. And we've got a new podcast on Maximum Fun called Wonderful. Wonderful. It's an enthusiast podcast where we talk about things that we're excited about and things that you're excited about. Things like overalls. 24-hour Sudafed. The grand prize game. The fact that wombats use their butts to kill predators. The soundtrack to the movie Dick Tracy. The beach potion we call Bud Light Line. All these things and more every Wednesday. And we'll also talk about things that you're excited about. You can find us on MaximumFun.org or iTunes or wherever. I don't know. Just search Wonderful. Google it, you'll probably get there. Welcome back to Who Shot Ya? I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. Joining me in the studio are Josie Long. Hello. Drea Clark. Yes. Alonzo Duralde. <laughs> Thank you all. Our guest today is the best-selling author of the Rap Yearbook, and he's also the author of the upcoming book, Basketball and Other Things. He's a staff writer for The Ringer, which just published his piece, The Killings in the Kingsman Church Scene, Ranked by Absurdity. Let's welcome to the show, Shay Serrano, y'all. Shay, thank you very much for joining us, dude. Much appreciated. Yeah, no sweat. What do you look for in an action scene? The main thing I look for is I need to feel like like I'm in danger. That's what it needs to feel like for me. I even just watching it on the screen, there, there needs to be a nervousness in my stomach that one of my arms is going to get blown off or something. You need similar to be to that. You need to be in the middle of the mayhem. Yeah, exactly. Those the the sort of best movie scenes you see are the ones that can drop you into the center of it. Yeah. Did you feel like you were going to get shot when you watch Heat by either Robert De Niro? Al Pacino or Val Kilmer. Yeah, yeah, that's an exactly <laughs> perfect one. And even even uh, that's a good example of a movie where they don't make you feel like you're in danger, but all of a sudden you are sort of deeply invested in these guys getting away from this horrible scene. That's an, you know that's another one of the the tricks that those guys like to try to pull on you is making you care about somebody and then dropping them into the middle of a fucking alligator pit. Oh, sure. Yeah. Or, or a subway car with a woman with two claw hammers, for instance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, uh, as you do in your piece on The Ringer, and if I may quote the great Sweet Dick Willie from Do the Right Thing, can you break it down so it may forever be broken, the church scene from The Kingsman, sir? <laughs> Well, so in that in that scene, we have one of the Kingsmen who's this like super secret agent guy, and he is in the middle of this hate church. And when he's in there, the people in the church—it's all a big trap that the main bad guy has set up, where he's been giving everybody these free cell phones that they have this chip in them that emits this noise, and when people hear the noise, they just lose their mind and they start killing each other. And his goal is he wants millions and millions of people to kill each other so as to prevent the earth from dying due to overpopulation. It's so we not get this great scene where. Movie, though. Yeah, so far no, this makes sense. It's practically a documentary. No, I'm agreeing. Like, <laughs> it, it makes sense. Yeah, it, it, it does. Like, in the original Kingsman, like you're saying that, and I'm nodding, and I'm like, <laughs> like, the words are ridiculous, but I know exactly what you're talking about. That was it. Yeah. It all fits together. Yeah. So, so for the scene, he's he's dropped in the middle of that, like we were just talking about. Everybody starts going crazy, and they're not specifically trying to kill him. They're all just trying to kill each other. But 
he knows, even if he doesn't all the way know it, that everybody else has to die if he's going to walk out of there. So then it's just fucking a disaster after that. <laughs> and he, he ends up killing close to like 40 people, probably somewhere closer to 100 people end up dying. But yeah, it's just this very great kinetic scene. And it's one of the like most well-done action scenes that I've ever seen in all of my years of watching. No, I think one of the things that makes it stand out so much is... This sounds horrible. No, say that. I it's love just, it already. the body count and like how many people they're taking on. Because normally, with this kind of action done well, it's it's one-on-one or it's like the good guy against four guys and just the sheer number of people. So there's these little vignettes of people fighting in the background. And then I, cause I dug your article on this because you pointed out some of the kills are things like people trip and then get like shot in the face. So it's like everything. It's choreography. Like that's the thing that stands out to me. It's like balletic almost absolutely yeah. just... I was, I, that, that's what i was going to say the, the the attention to detail that you pay that you pay in your article that the movie actually pays to made me appreciate it even more yeah. once that's once the scene in the church starts I, I timed it it's four minutes and i think 27 seconds of just batshit crazy mm-hmm. and when it's just done that well and that specific, if you you can the, the rewatch is what's happening in the foreground, the fights that are happening in the background, it just becomes so much more impressive. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to watch. It's really it's really interesting for me because when I was writing that article, I watched that scene forty times, just <laughs> over, and over, and over and over and over again. Person. Killed. Yeah, yeah. You, made that, you made it yeah. worth because, it. You honored it. Yeah. <laughs> because what I wanted to do is, if you're if you're watching it you can spot a guy or a woman that he's going to kill in like 45 seconds in the background. And you can see that person go through like three or four other separate fights before they end up fighting him. So they've got a, a million parts moving all at once and everything has to, to sort of snap together for it to work. So you've got that part of it. Plus you also have the thing where they make it seem like it's just one consistent shot. They do a bunch of little tricks to make it feel like it's a one shot. And then also there are two or three parts where he wears these glasses that sort of, that transmit a feed back to spy headquarters, and they put you in those so you get like a first-person view of him flipping a guy over or twisting a guy around, and it just is going so quick. It's 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 remarkable how how well they did that scene. Absolutely. There's a uh, there's other scenes that you referenced uh, in your article. The John Wick nightclub scene. Shout out to that. The crazy 88 scene in Kill Bill Volume 1. Shout out to that. What are things in, uh, what are moments in those scenes, or what about those scenes uh, stand out to you? It's the same thing. You'll notice in both of those that there are a, a ton of moving pieces. You, For a, a movie scene, for an action movie scene to be really just done great, you either need one person fighting a thousand people, or you need a, a very intense one-on-one Battle like what we saw in saw in John Wick two, when John Wick fights Common, and it's that uh, that scene right there is probably one of the best fight scenes of all time, just because of how intricate all of the pieces are. So you're looking for that sort of intricacy, but you also need for it to not feel like the only reason they're doing it is to impress you. It should feel natural that it's happening that way, and again, it should also feel like you might catch a stray bullet. In the neck. <laughs> did you see Atomic Blonde? Yes, I did. Because I, I love that. And you seeing the one-on-one fight, that stairwell sequence in that. And I mean, I know it's everyone incredible. who sees it kind of responds in the same way. But and, <clears throat> and what they added to that is like that full, like, by the time that fight ends, they're exhausted, which I never yeah. see. Like, yeah. they're panting. You can see her bruising. Yeah. They're like barely dragging themselves. Yeah. And it also has that thing where it's meant to look like it's just one long sequence. I what I thought one. that what that they did so well in Atomic Blonde and and what Charlize is great at is she is she's throwing 100 miles an hour in that like she's kicking for real putting the foot trying to put it through a guy's chest and you can feel those thuds oh yeah and yeah she was she's fantastic I had no idea she was an action movie star until Mad Max and I was like holy shit this, yeah. she should be in more movies and then when that one came out it was so perfect. All right, Shay, uh, one last question before you go, please. Uh, I'm going to put you in a scenario here. You're, okay. in, you're in Phoenix. 
The Spurs. Right. The Spurs just beat the Suns in Game Seven to make it to the finals. My beloved Spurs. Yes, good, sir. Good, good. Yes, sir. You walk into a packed Suns bar, rocking a Spurs jersey. Mm-hmm. You're about to get your ass whooped. PEs by the time I get to Arizona starts playing. Who do you want next to you, helping you whoop ass to get out of this bar? Okay, so if we're if we're in that situation, just a normal everyday, we're not walking in with like a bag full of artillery. No, Matrix no, style. no. You just went in to get a quick drink. <clears throat> okay, then then the person I want in that scenario is I need Jackie Chan. Nice. I, need a, My man. I need a guy who's going to turn the whole environment into weapons. What, like that what era, Jackie Chan? Ooh, I need, I need, I need, uh, I need Rush Hour One, Jackie Chan. That's what <laughs> I need. Mean. You know what? Because there's a there's a scene in Rush Hour One when he's in a bar and he has to fight several guys. So that that exact thing happens, and he's using. A, cigarette butts or whatever to get his way out of it like that's give me that guy because he's going to get us out of there and also we're not going to kill everybody we don't need to everybody doesn't need to die we just need him incapacitated just hit him in the head with like a trash can and we're fine that's really chivalrous (laughs) you you do you but i'm going to suggest project a2 jackie chan just you know a little younger a little more comedic uh, but still you know like on his shit yeah, he was he was a little too wacky in those movies for me. Fair like enough. Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. Nice Guy or whatever. I need a I need a guy in control. Shay, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Much appreciated. I appreciate you. It was a lot of fun. Everybody listening, you can all check out Shay Serrano's article, "The Killings in the Kingsman Church Scene," ranked by absurdity over at TheRinger.com. Uh, all right, in Kingsman: The Golden Circle, we got some great super Texasy slash Kentucky. E slash southern characters. They spoke with a twang, used lassos, had cutesy slap yo mama slang. Oh man, oh what my. is it you're even doing That's, right now? You know, I grew up in the South and I don't even know what that is. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm showing off my Columbia College Chicago <laughs> voice training one and two degree. Wow. <laughs> Thank All right. you. Thank you. For this next segment, Drea, Alonzo, and I, we will have to make a case to our guest, Josie Long, for the movie character that we think is the most Britishy movie character of all time. Josie will listen to our arguments, and ideally, she will find fault with all of them, but she will then decide which of us has the most convincing case. Uh, Alonzo, why don't you start us off, please? Oh, golly. Well, you know... <laughs> golly is not British, bro. Uh, what ho. Um, <laughs> so, I, first I thought about uh, uh, John Cleese in A Fish Called Wanda, but he's sort of self-consciously British and talks about how British he is and how, like, it's shitty that when you're, like, all posh and you have to pretend like everything's great all the time and you can never, like, cut loose conversationally. So I thought that, that was too self-aware. And then I thought about um, Peter Sellers in Doctor strange love but only as group commander mandrake not as the president or as dr strange love and and he does have a lot of sort of british reserve and kind of uptightness but then i thought no no i gotta go deep especially because dre is here and she loves it when i do the I deep really, cuts I live for it. <laughs> so here we go Dame Edith Evans as Lady Bracknell in The Importance of Being Earnest. That is as fucking Britishy British as you can ever get. <laughs> I had to fan myself. <laughs> so many pearls are being clutched right now. If you lose one parent, it's upsetting. <laughs> it's two. It, it's it? carelessness. It's carelessness. <laughs> the whole theory of modern education is radically unsound. Fortunately, in England at any rate, education produces no effect whatsoever. If it did, it would prove a serious danger to the upper classes and probably lead to acts of violence in Grosvenor Square. Um, so I had a similar thing. I started with a very, and actually that's why I stopped you, because I wondered if you would worry that this was the two of the, like, oh, the, the very stiff, stiff upper lip repressed. And to me, Stevens from Remains of the Day, the Anthony Hopkins oh, yeah, butler, yeah, yeah. Like, it, like, it has, it's not Austin, but it has all of the, like, the repression that I love in British men and just, you know, all of that and the, oh, the pomp and it's all about ceremony and, but... But then I was like, no, because I've actually been there. And so what I think of as a quintessential British character, both in real life and in movies, is um, Bubble from Absolutely Fabulous, <laughs> played by Jane Horrocks. 
I shall endeavour to transcribe it onto my pad, photocopy it, and file it for future reference. There's both male and female versions of this, but, like, the deep eccentric... Like, I think that, as an island, Britain embraces... Um, oddness more than most and there's something about that yes wear feathers and and like keep that accent from your hometown regardless of where you live and it's sort of akin to like the sister in four weddings and a funeral has like elements of that like shades of that character have come up elsewhere so bubble is where i landed now, Josie, I'm going to have to admit, as a, uh, a little brown boy who grew up on the northwest side of Chicago in Albany Park, Logan Square, uh, a lot of your movies, a lot of British movies just didn't make it into my hood, you know? So it was a real struggle for me to go back and think, like, who are my British-ass people? But then I remember going to see Harry Potter... And there is a brown boy who's got, like, thick-ass dreads who's always in the background. And I'm like, oh, look at that dude. Okay. And then I went and saw Love Actually. Oh, yeah. And I kind of fell in love with everybody in that movie. And I was like, Love Actually. People shit on Love Actually. Like Denise Richards? Okay. <laughs> All right. Cancel. Cancel Denise Richards. Okay. Okay. January Jones. <laughs> but show me another British movie that got the porn sisters, the porn sisters in it. That's fair. Thank you. Now, uh, as Americans, we are all craving and desperate for attention. So we need you to settle the debate for us. Which one of us is right? Who is the most Britishy British <laughs> character? And shout out to my stereotypical accent once again. I, it's hard for me because I would like to say that it's someone very beautiful and dignified like Ben Wishaw, but I think it's probably going to be closer to someone like Bubble because Britain is a mess. We're terrible mess. We do everything wrong. We're stupid. Brexit. Yeah. We, try and, we try and style it out. So well, that's that, what I would say. Well, then that's what we have in common because we as Americans, we are also stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so may I then ask for uh, the American counterpart, who do you Ooh. feel Ooh, yeah. is the most American-y character? Here's the thing. The quintessential American character for me, hands down, is Jimmy Stewart in It's a, it's a Wonderful Life. You can't Good get more American answer. than that. It's like, why? I'll take down every one of you, Mr. Potters. There's a million more good people than you, Mr. Potter. And it's like, <laughs> is that the Mary Martin version? <laughs> yeah. But I wish that it was, um, what is her name? Um, she is the best. She's old. She's from the past. In it, she's with Joan Crawford, Betty Davis. This in uh, whatever, whatever happened to Jane? Jane, where it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh, wait, Blanche, we could have been friends all along. <laughs> okay. like, that's what I would like, but I, yeah, the quintessential. <laughs> I got there in the end. Is definitely it's Jimmy Stewart in uh, It's a Wonderful Life. All right. Well, before we leave, uh, before we leave, y'all, uh, we like to let everyone know what movies we have been watching that we are dying to recommend to you. These are our staff picks. So I'm uh, just going to go around and ask everybody uh, for some staff picks. Josie, you are our guest. Um. May I ask you what your staff pick is for everyone? And it can be in it. It doesn't have to be in the theater. It can be streaming, what have you. Okay. Um, so I like uh, watching horror films. I can't really help myself. And I'm often on Netflix and I'm like, oh, this is one and a half stars. And, and um, I, so I was thinking that there are like three films that hopefully are all still on that I think are really good. Um, Under the Shadow, which is an Iranian uh suspense horror film that I thought was brilliant uh, Girl Walks Home Alone at Night which is also an Iranian suspense horror film which is amazing and then I just watched a film called Berlin Syndrome which is kind of creepy I I really it really frightened me and I think it's quite creepy and I don't know if it yeah it's, it was really good that's what's up oh fantastic <laughs> we got how many do we get there we got two or three 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 yes was hell yeah see Josie we'd like to have you back on the show please uh, Alonzo well, you know, we were talking about Kingsman, which uh, both films I find just kind of loathsome and, and lame <laughs> as action movies go. I, I love angry Alonzo. You know, that's what I'm learning. <laughs> so I wanted to, I made a reference earlier to the subway car with the lady with the two claw hammers. So just for folks who didn't know what that was about, check out The Raid 2. That is a movie where if you want to see some hand-to-hand violence and mayhem and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting... The Raid 2. Mm. 
So this is why I'm in deep love with Alonso because we're like linked in ways because I had a very similar thing in coming up with my pick because I was like, oh, this was a total like like for the action and in talking to Shay as well. So for me, um, my recommendation would be a Tony Jaw film. So um, I think I said The Protector earlier, which I highly recommend. And it's got like lots of action scenes, but like the, the full body, like Fred Astaire, you can see all the movement. And he's just an incredible athlete. Or like Oingbok Thai Warrior, because his whole thing, it's like Muay Thai. Yeah. I'm probably saying that wrong, but right. like with a flawless Thai accent, I'm sure. <laughs> um, much like your British accent. <laughs> British. <laughs> Impeccable. British, British. Yeah. British. yeah. So I, that would be my thing. Like, skip the movie we discussed and dig into some legit, like, Raid 2 I would definitely get behind, or The Protector, or Oingbok Thai Warrior. Uh, well, the movie that I I want everyone uh, to check out, uh, it was just announced. I didn't realize it's been six years since he made this movie. Uh, Joe Cornish, it was just announced he's making a new movie. And uh, his first movie that I just thought was all so dope, Attack the Block. Oh, love it. Attack the Block is so dope, y'all. I cannot recommend it enough. Shout so out good. To, right? Right? So My good. man Moses, bro. It's so great. Uh I'll keep it short. Go see Attack the Block. It's so good. Uh, well, that's been Who Shot You? I want to thank you very much, Josie Long, for joining us. You are fantastic. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's Absolutely. It's such a pleasure. It has been a pleasure to have you here. Shout out to my boy Alonzo. Thank you for being here, sir. Always a delight. Treya. Ricky. Come on now. I and- will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming. So many times you, we are going to have you on this show, and it's going to be so great. Thank you once again for joining us. Next week, we'll be hollering at American Maid, starring two of Hollywood's biggest stars, Tom Cruise and Cocaine. Yo. What? <laughs> I'm your host, Ricky Carmona. Thank you for listening to Who Shot Ya? Uh, special thanks to our five-star reviewers on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, plops that just won't stop. Thank you, Leona Barnes, Lobby Crush. Yo, SMKS1928. Player 66, very funny, very smart. We see you, yo. We see you, and we thank you for them five-star reviews. If you have not given us a review yet, I am mad at you. You can do it this week. Please help us spread the word. If you give us five stars, we'll give you a shout-out on the show. Got something to say to us about this week's show? Tweet us at WhoShotYourPod or send us an email at WhoShotYou at MaximumFun.org. Our producer is Casey O'Brien. Our senior producer is Laura Swisher. This is a production of MaximumFun.org. That's what's up. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.